Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 262 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. With the preparatory work completed and the arrival of our new queens, timing has been everything. And wouldn't you just know it, this season my timing's a little bit off. Listen in to hear how things went. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. Hi everyone, and thanks for joining me on my weekly travels through our beekeeping journey. It's been an interesting week, to say the least. Firstly, and without apology, it's the weather roundup. What a week. Some sweltering hot days, clear blue skies, and not a drop of rain. Actually, that's not quite true, because as I speak, we've had a very small amount of rain overnight just enough to splash on the truck and make the dust form little ringlets of dirt so that I have to wash it again, otherwise it's going to look really dirty. I only washed it just this past week. I had a delivery of honey to make and set out really early, just after 5am in the morning. It was bonkers early, but I just don't sleep in anymore, so if I'm awake, then why not do something useful? At least it gave me a full day of beekeeping to get involved in once I got back. It was a round trip of around two hours and honestly well worth it, if only for the sunrise. I live quite close to Norwich Airport, one of the smaller provincial airports here in the UK, and I had to drive past the airport to get out of Norwich on the road to make my delivery. Well, what a sunrise. It was simply stunning. Because of the runways, there's a very long, flat section of grassland across the entire airport, and it allows a view across to the far horizon. For those who don't know Norfolk terribly well, it is fairly flat, certainly compared to the rest of the UK. Anyway, my timing was spot on. As I passed an open fenced area, the sun was just rising above the farthest point, revealing a dark orange semicircle of light and heat. I really wanted to stop and take a photograph, but at the same time, I wanted to get the delivery sorted. When you know, sometimes how a picture you take, especially on a mobile phone, is never quite as good as the image your eyes see, I decided not to stop. The delivery went without a hitch, even though it was a long haul. Worth it though, because this customer always places a large order, making the fuel costs worth it. Anyway, on my return it was still early and I decided, for whatever reason, that the truck needed a wash. Honestly, I've often taken it to the local car wash guys who do a pretty good job, but recently their standards have gone down while the prices have skyrocketed. Time to get the pressure washer out and do it myself. The truck sparkled, but was soon covered with another fine coating of dust after all the farm tracks of this week. A little spot of rain last night, and here we are with dirty little circles dotted all over the bonnet. You'll have to excuse the diversion. I think my point is it's been dry and hot all week, but today things are set to change. We have thunderstorms in the forecast. Not my forecast, you understand, so don't expect it to be terribly accurate. Not that my forecasts are any better. 
backpedalling to the beginning of last week, the new queens arrived from Northumberland Honey. As always, very well packaged, and our postman is now very aware of what's in the package and knows to make his first delivery to us. They always park opposite our house each day anyway, so it wasn't a massive detour for him. I really like to get these queens out and into their respective hives as soon as possible. It's not great to have them sitting around on the kitchen worktop for days on end, so it makes sense to plan the calendar and get them in as soon as they arrive. It was a scorchingly hot day too, so it made perfect sense to sort them out and not let them bake in the box. The first thing to do was to give them a little spray of water. This not only gives them something to drink should they need it, but it also helps to cool them down. There were 50 new queens in total, split between two small boxes, and at some cost, so they needed to be well looked after. Once in the truck, they were kept out of the direct sunlight, and to help with this, covered with a very damp hand towel. Whatever you do, don't just throw the box onto the dash and leave it there to roast, it will do the bees no good at all. Likewise, they don't need to be put into a cool box with freezer blocks, just somewhere in the middle. Common sense, please. Now, I mentioned I had my timings wrong. This spring and early summer has been a real test. Anyway, I was probably just one or two days out this time round. I missed the opportunity to add queen excluders to the colonies that we had double brood setups. And as a result, when we split these colonies, there were inevitably some eggs and young larvae left in some of the frames of these now queenless splits. All this does is give those splits a chance to reproduce their own queens at the expense of our introduced queen. An expensive error, but not as bad as it could have been, as I found out. The introduction of new queens is a pretty simple process really, timings aside. Each queenless nuke was inspected for any new emergency queen cells, and these were removed. Important, because if left, the small nuke will undoubtedly destroy your new queen. More on that in a moment. As you would expect, there are many different types of queen introduction cage, but the principle is generally the same for pretty much all of them. The queen is in one end with several attendant workers. There's a small section, amounting to maybe one third of the space at the other end, where fondant is placed. Not so much to feed the bees, but to provide an obstacle between the queenless colony and the new queen. Beneath this is a small tab that is broken off to allow the bees in the queenless colony to eat their way through that fondant to the new queen, thus releasing her into said colony. The theory being that by the time she's released, her pheromone is beginning to dominate and the workers will accept her as their new queen. Now this works really well in most situations. So that was how I spent the early part of the week, introducing queens into nukes. It took a couple of days. So what do you do with the caged queens that you have left over on day one? Well, it's really simple. You take good care of them by not leaving them in the truck. I'm glad to say that I didn't do this. They normally get left in the kitchen. It's cooler in there at night, and again, they get a little spray of water to drink. Please, don't soak them. 
they only need a little water. I'm often asked, how long should these newly introduced queens be left before you go back to check all is well? The answer to this varies depending on your circumstances. Personally, with the pressure to get the bees ready for the borage, I want to check within the week that I have laying queens, but you could leave it until your standard weekly inspection routine. Just remember to remove the tab on the bottom of the cage, otherwise you might well find the queen stuck in the cage on your next visit. Something I've done in the past, I'm glad to say I've learnt by my mistakes, and I now keep all of the tabs to count at the end of the session. Given the importance to me of having egg-laying queens up and running, or should I say laying as soon as possible, I revisited the apiaries late in the week, just two or three days after introduction. All of the queens have been released, and we appear to have been reasonably successful, apart from some glaring anomalies. Actually, the majority of the nukes now had laying queens, which was a little surprising. I had expected the queens to be released, but maybe not so many laying quite as quickly as they were. Good news in this instance, I really need them to get cracking and load up as many frames as possible with brood for the coming summer nectar flow. That said, I do have one eye on August. We're moving bees to the heather, which has been confirmed, so those colonies that are not quite ready for the borage will be earmarked as colonies to take to the heather. Disappointingly, I found a number of nukes had found young enough larvae to still make queen cells and had subsequently destroyed the introduced queen. This is a costly error, but one I had kind of anticipated as I knew we were a little late in setting up these splits. Through the first round of checks, totaling 38 nukes, there were four nukes that had emergency queen cells no sign of a released queen, and a bit of a queenless roar. It's enough to make your heart sink when you pop the roof and crime board to hear that roar. Immediately, you know something's not quite right. Despite this, I find myself checking each frame in vain, hoping to find eggs and the new queen. So far, I've been disappointed each time. One nuke that I checked had workers mobbing the queen, stinging her, and surrounding her en masse, something referred to as bawling. I managed to get the workers off only to find the queen was long dead and the workers were just making sure. Very disappointing. All of the nukes had released their new queen and she was either already laying or was seen wandering around, generally checking the place out and I guess preparing for the job of egg laying. Fingers crossed we have every queen laying when we check next week. Of the remaining caged queens, these went into nukes created at the fishing lakes, and I've just not had time to get back over there and see what's happened. Maybe later today. I'll report back with a final tally next week, perhaps. While I was checking for newly released queens, I also took the opportunity to inspect all of the colonies at this apiary. The one on the oilseed rape, that has now in fact turned into a crop of vetch. The fields have turned an incredible purple colour as the plants flower and appear to have started a nectar flow. The colonies were getting quite honeybound in their brood boxes. 
This is real challenge right now, as we need those frames filled with brood, not honey. I probably missed the signs, and having not experienced a nectar flow from vetch before, was definitely caught out by the quantity of nectar coming in. A quick trip to the barn to collect queen excluders and supers, and each colony now had space to move honey away from the brood nest and hopefully store it where I could get at it in the week prior to moving these bees to the borage. I really don't want to be trying to lift colonies with a couple of supers full of honey on them, so the plan is to leave them until the last moment, then add an empty super and remove the hopefully full supers of honey for extraction. We've pretty well missed out on the spring crop of honey because of the drive to increase colony numbers once more. As I've often mentioned before, you can't always have it both ways. Spring crop and increase, at least not very often. This year, our slow start because of the colder weather has meant colonies were late to build up, and as a result, I had to make the decision to forego any anticipated crop in favour of building colonies, and in particular brood comb in readiness for splitting. Well, this early summer surprise nectar flow is just the job. Close to this apiary, we have also discovered a very large field of peas. Not particularly interesting for us beekeepers because there's not much for our bees to get from peas. However, the farmer has once again sown a companion plant, and this time it's Phacelia. Now this is of interest to our colonies. Purple pollen and a decent amount of nectar flowing in as I speak. Happy days. In some years, I would be talking about the June gap right now. The period, not surprisingly, in June, when the majority of spring flowering plants of interest to our colonies have gone over and we're awaiting the beginning of the summer flowering plants to become the next target for our bees. Well, not this year. As I've travelled around the apiaries this week, I'm seeing lots of early brambles flowering, hedgerows full of the stuff. I don't think it's the main blackberry flowering period, just lots of quite early varieties. I'm also seeing a lot of poppies too, Pollen from this plant is easy enough to spot, as it's mostly black in colour and sticks out easily when you're looking at brood frames during inspections. It will be interesting to see how the colonies we leave at the fishing lakes develop this summer. These are early splits from the John Harding queen-rearing colonies and are now in full egg-laying mode. We've had great success with these queen cell splits, Every single one is now queen right and building up nicely. That's six out of six. Feeling very happy with that, to be honest. Elsewhere, over at the allotments apiary, things haven't gone quite so well. You could even say they've gone badly. Pretty much every colony is queenless. The artificial swarm split has turned into an egg-laying worker colony. The original colony is queenless. A colony that I took over from the fishing lakes, thinking it had a laying queen in it, has turned out to be queenless, and another colony here has swarmed. All in all, not very productive. It just happens like that sometimes. Nothing much to do but recover the situation where I can, unite colonies into queen-right hives, and shake out the egg-laying workers. This apiary is not going to contribute to the honey yield this summer, that's for sure. Finally, and to end today on a positive note, 
the shook swarm colony at the fishing lakes. The one that has been moved from the National Hive into the Langstroth is doing fantastically well. Thank you very much. I couldn't be happier with their work. When we last checked, they were across all of the frames. Comb had been built on eight frames, and there were eggs and larvae in four of those frames. I'm hopeful that this week I can stop feeding them and potentially add a queen excluder and super. In two and a half short weeks, they've gone from a colony shaken onto foundation only to a growing colony and one that should be nicely ready for the summer flow. Happy days. Well, that's it for this week. Don't forget to check out my website, www.norfolk-honey.co.uk and for my latest videos and podcasts with more updates, tips and techniques, it's the same Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. And remember, I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet. Bye.